0: Living it up, Friday night, with the Sultans, with the Sultans of Slam, and welcome to the Come on and slam. Welcome to the Sultans of Slam for Mother's Day, May 10th, 2020. Here we are, Sunday evening, late in the evening, as John Moxley said two weeks ago on Dynamite, God damn it, call your grandmother... Call your mother, wish him a happy Mother's Day, wish your mom a happy Mother's Day for me. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the Sultans of Slam, the podcast where one man alone uh, reviews AEW Dynamite, The Big Show Show, and Total Bellas. As far as I know, I can claim to be the only pro wrestling review podcast to deal with those three pieces of subject matter. My name is Lee... Reed cannot be with us this week, even though he did watch AE Dynamite, which I'm happy about because it was a fantastic show. Been listening recently. You know uh, exactly what that sound is. It's the killer grape. And it's fantastic. AEW Dynamite is live, was live uh, this previous week on Wednesday. May the 6th from uh, Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. A little bit of a change of scenery, as we've been watching pre-recorded shows for the last four or five weeks or so. Re-cra- uh, recrap, uh, recap, anything but, recap intro video shows us uh, both the Co- Cody and Darby match from last week, as well as the Lance Archer and Dustin finish, getting us all caught up to speed on the finals of the TNT Championship Tournament that will conclude at Double or Nothing 2 on May 23rd, where we will see Cody versus Lance Archer. For the... See see who the inaugural champion is. Fantastic. Light the Fuse Dynamite. Here we go. Uh, So so we get a cut of the crowd here. I don't have any sound. Uh, I have the Fight Network version... Uh, here, and the announcers were were moving their lips and nothing was happening. The announcers being, of course, JR and Excalibur. Great to have them back. They had been taking a hiatus from the tape shows, uh, as well as Tony Schiavone joining them. Chris Jericho has been relieved of his announcing duties. However, he did a very good job. Orange Cassidy is wearing a face mask, uh, looking kind of bored. Uh, Jimmy Havoc offers Kip. Uh, a, a mask uh, that was pretty cool. We're going to see a street fight tonight, I assume is what the announcers are saying, as again, I cannot hear them, uh, but I do get the placard card for the street fight between Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy's AEW in-ring, so to speak, uh, debut versus La Sex Gods, Sammy Guevara and Chris LeChampion Jericho. We will see Frankie Kazarian versus John Moxley. Nyla Rose, the champion, the women's champion in action tonight. And Q.T. Marshall with Brandy will take on Lance Archer. But first, it's Cody versus Joey Janela. We'll get a little uh, little video package here. Uh, the announcers are back. I can hear them again. Uh, it's great to hear Jr. and Excalibur. Uh, we're gonna hype Cody versus Lance Archer at Double or Nothing to start this match. Uh, Jr. mentions that the testing and distancing. Uh, Thanks the mayor of Jacksonville, and I quote, a COVID-testing-friendly city. It's a live show, folks. Uh, Understand what he meant to say here. Uh, Apparently, uh Florida's approach to COVID of, hmm, let's see what happens, uh, has kind of played out in their favor. And uh, I'm I'm hearing that the entire MLB baseball season might be played there. Uh, We'll see, man. I don't know. Things are fucking wild. Uh, The Daily's Place, though, as a venue... Uh, the sun is going down when the show starts. You actually see uh, the palm trees and the light and stuff. It's goofy. Uh, I wouldn't want to see it every week. Uh, but once in a while, it's it's a cool wrestling venue. It would be even cooler if people could be there. But uh, it's neat. Uh, or maybe I'm just so used to uh, QT Marshall's gym or wherever all these shows have been taking place. Uh, that to see the sun, I was just like, ah, that's right. The earth. So beautiful. Punches and chops outside the ring. Cody tosses Joey into the weird crevice uh, between the ramp, which is going straight into the ring, like for their pay-per-view matches, and the ring itself. Uh, Joey gets thrown in there and kind of goes to do the corner hop move, uh, but doesn't, and does like a little hop, uh, and then hesitates, and looks like kind of like a goof. Cody punches him in the back immediately. Cody with a disaster kick, and then a moonsault. Cody's just pulling these moonsaults out. They're not the best moonsaults in the world, but they are technically sound moonsaults is what i'll say about cody's moonsaults uh back in the ring bicycle kick joey with a weird counter super kick and a savage elbow cody reverses the suplex off the top rope one two kick out we're gonna keep going uh joey janela here uh in the age of no crowds uh, i think suffers a lot he does a lot of uh playing hot doggin uh faces for the camera and the crowd uh when they're not there uh he's just Joey Janela. This is a fine match though. Uh tosses uh belt into the crowd Cody does. Uh we see a power slam. Joey caught Cody mid-air off a middle rope going for a uh, uh a cutter probably. German suplex to Cody. Uh matching top ro- rope moves. Joey misses a uh assault of some sort. Cody uh with a huge cutter off the top rope. You just got a lot of air on here. It was a little even too high. Like Joey Janela's neck was well below where he could possibly hook it with his uh, with his arm. Uh, they exchange huge punches, forearms. Uh, as Joey goes to run to the corner, Cody flips him around, gives him the crossroads. One, two, three. This match is done. A smiling Cody wins this opening match to AEW Dynamite. The two men handshake, and there we go. Uh, AEW, they acknowledge the lack of women's wrestling uh, and who has appeared on the previous few shows. Good. Well enough. Um, Tag teams as well, I should mention. We have uh, nary seen a tag team outside of the Best Friends uh, seemingly forever. Um, They recap uh, from February 12th where Nyla defeated Riho to become the AEW women's champion. Faux Evanescence uh, music is playing in the background. Uh, Gave me like Daredevil flashbacks. Uh, recaps, uh, her win on pay-per-view against Chris Statlander, uh, highlights other women's wrestlers, including Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Penelope Ford. After that, we have Nyla Rose versus Kenzie Page, who is an 18-year-old jobber. Uh, this is her first or second bout in AEW. I don't watch Dark, and I don't remember what they said. Uh, but needless to say, very green, uh, but has been wrestling since she was 14. Kind of Kenzie Page- uh, the latter part there, very Page esque might I say. Uh, so immediately Baby faces her uh, as she versus the monster heel in Nyla Rose. Someone to root for. I like Kenzie Page. I'm behind Kenzie Page. I'm like, you know what? She's going to do it. Uh, Tony stumbles uh, out a question on the ramp to, uh, to Nyla Rose holding a microphone. Uh, Get ready to go, to go to the ring? In the ring? Tony asks her. Uh, Nyla says a bunch of rude things to him uh, amongst a loud buzzer sound. Uh, yells at him. Cuts kind of like an angry promo here, and the match begins. Kenzie Page goes to uh, try to uh, what, what, what's the move? You lay down on the mat, coming off of the rope, and then try to hook the person's legs or flip over the back of them, uh, and it leads to a a uh, aloha spot where the person uh, who is standing is is wobbling. Uh, this is a no aloha from Nyla, a no aloha as it were. Nyla does not fall. Beats the living crap out of Kenzie. Kenzie gets turned inside out with a lariat. We see MJF with a fistful of cash and a Sean Spears at ringside. MJF is wearing a Burberry face mask. It's worth noting. Nyla breaks up her own pin attempt at two to deal more damage. A power bomb. another power bomb. a beast bomb. One, two, three. The native beast Nyla Rose wins this bout against Kenzie Page. Hopefully we will see Kenzie Page back. That's it. <laughs> MJF is superimposed in a penthouse. Uh, not the most convincing effect, but it it worked for this. Uh, it's fine. He, uh, he says how he is often compared to legends. Uh, this was a great promo. He's a 24 year old kid uh, taking other people's spot. Uh, he's, he's something the sport has never seen before. And when he comes back, his throne will be waiting. He will be back next week in action. Uh, technically, he's back now, as we literally just saw him at ringside. Uh, but there is the caveat of in action. We're going to see MJF get in the ring. Uh, this was a great promo. and I recommend you check it out. Um, just talking about how, how anyone is viewed at this point, and then don't look at uh, what he has done compared to other legends. Look at his own legend uh, as he as he forms. I don't know. This was good. This was really good. I like this. Sean Spears uh, is doing like a talking head, talking about how Cody's uh, cost his brother his career, that Dustin's career is over after what happened to him versus Lance Archer last week. We get clips of Dustin and Lance Archer. He blames Cody for what happened, not throwing in the towel, allowing the unnecessary carnage to be inflicted upon his brother's head. Um, Says that Cody could care less. Tony, MJF, uh, Sean Spears, Wardlow, who is extra tan, uh, at ringside here. We're, we're doing, like, an interview here. Wardlow's really tan. He's quite tan. Uh, MJF and uh, Sean Spears suck each other's dicks, I have written here. Uh, they were both just putting themselves over as heels. This was fine, uh, except MJF is miles above uh, Sean Spears, in my opinion, in terms of someone I want to see. Uh, MJF has overhealed. His hangnail has now become tempered and is more powerful than ever. Uh, we get a spit take from MJF as Tony reveals that his double or nothing opponent will be Jungle Boy. Uh, this was this was fine. This was great. Good times. Good to see everybody. Frankie Kazarian and John Moxley have a match next. I have written here, good wrestling match. Lariats, Slugfest outside ring, Frankie dumped out. Uh, Sean Spears has an air horn. And uh, this was during a commercial break. Uh, a lot of this, what I saw at the, at the first part of the match, which was a shame that they went to a commercial break at the beginning of this match, because uh, this was actually a phenomenal match between uh, one-third of SCU and Frankie Kazarian and one John Moxley. Frankie Kazarian, more of a technical wrestler, putting on holds and, and trying the uh, the more flashy stuff. John Moxley, of course, a brawler, uh, and they just had a... It was a good clash. It was two pro-wrestlers, pro-wrestling, and it was very, very good. Uh, it may have been the best thing on the, the show. Anyway, so Sean Spears has this air horn, and he's blowing it constantly, and he uh, tr- he seems to, when they go off air, which is still on air as far as Fight TV is concerned, he's blowing it constantly. During this commercial break, it was almost constant that he was blowing this thing. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Just give them noisemakers. Give them vuvuzelas. Just go all the way with it. Anyway, I'm complaining about something that happened during a commercial break. High knee, uh, yeah, I run near high knee and we're back from break. Okay. Uh, Moxley jumps to the outside of the ring. Kazarian catches him with a super kick and fires up. DDT from Frankie Kazarian, near fall. Moxley battles back. German suplex. Uh, Kazarian with a beautiful looking backstabber. One, two, kick out. They exchange blows. Frankie Kazarian with a shotgun drop kick. Mox returns a drop kick of his own. Kazarian blocks uh, and locks up uh, uh, Moxley. Moxley went for the paradigm shift. Kazarian blocked it and locked up his arms. Uh, Moxley, they end up on the uh, on the ropes here. Moxley fights out. Uh, he goes for a, a through the ropes spear. It's countered with a leg drop. The the timing on this was was fantastic. This might be the best Moxley match. Uh, that has happened on AEW, actually. Like from a re- just a pro wrestling point of view, in a bubble, two guys wrestle. This might be the best one. Uh, Kazarian slaps Moxley of a-, a show of disrespect to the uh, the champion. Uh, Moxley stops selling for a moment. Uh, just just uh, uh, you know takes in that damage. He b- uses Bide in Pokemon terms. Huge clothesline. Frankie Kazarian with multiple pin attempts. Uh, suplexes Mox into the ropes. Uh, Top rope battle for the top rope, I have written here. Uh, We end up back on the ground, a paradigm shift and a one, two, three. And before uh, Moxley can uh, even stand and celebrate, the Dark Order is upon him. They jump him, one of them not wearing a shirt that's real cut up, that is the king of them i don't know uh scu attempts a save but is quickly outnumbered number 10 who we learn is the shirtless uh in shape most wrestler of the dark order uh at lands a spine buster on scorpio sky uh chris daniels is down Brody lee enters with a chair leveling chris daniels he beheads moxley with a discus lariat there's no crowd to save you. There's no energy. Any of my men will gladly sacrifice themselves. Something along those lines. Uh, Brody wants this belt. Brody has set his eyes. Uh, Neil Neil Breen. If that's the voice that Brody Lee has been going for, then he's nailed it. If not, he should lean more into it. Uh, Brody wants this belt and he challenges Moxley. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you are anymore, John Moxley, and I want my answer. Throws the microphone in John Moxley's face. He was sitting on sitting on the mat, beaten, broken by the Dark Order. He coughs, dude. All you had to do was ask. Uh, to which Brody Lee delivers a running kick to him, and the Putty Patrol attacks. So there you go, Brody Lee and Moxley. What do you think of that? Uh, earlier today, we get a uh, interview from Brandy, uh, who has some serious words for Lance Archer and Jake Roberts. Uh, if Jake hits her, she will hit Jake back. Uh, if there is a confrontation, don't fuck with people you don't know, Brandy says her mother we used to always say. I'm Brandy Rhodes and keep my name out your mouth. Uh, things take a turn for the worse for Brandy Rhodes after this. QT Marshall and Brandy Rhodes versus Lance Archer with uh, Jake the Snake. A masked Jake the Snake, I might add. Uh, so while coming in, uh, Lance Archer wipes out Jason Cade at ringside. Uh, and we learn that Brody Lee took the AEW belt. He just took it. He's like, I want this. Moxie's like, yeah, come and get it. And then Brody just left with the belt, which is in terms of healy things to do, uh, like a tall heel like that, just casually picking up the championship and holding it before he's earned it is up there. Uh, that is something that does irk me and good on you. We get a choke slam on the apron. Uh, Commercial break. Lance Archer murders QT at ringside. Uh, Archer is no-selling a lot of QT's punches and strikes. JR has never trusted Jake the Snake, Uh, we learn. Um, The heels cheer. QT sucks. Britt with the shoe spot again. Smacks QT Marshall in the head with a shoe at ringside. Uh, Brandy grabs the shoe and whips it into the arena, presumably leaving Britt Baker with one shoe remaining. QT with desperate strikes uh, to Lance Archer. Uh, Lance Archer actually buckles here a bit, but then shoulder blocks him. Just tackles his ass. Uh, blackout. One, two. QT kicks out. What? QT kicks out of the blackout? Okay. Uh, Lance Archer is forced to then claw his forehead to the mat. As in, put his hand on QT's head and force it to the mat for the one, two, three. Britt attacks Brandy Rhodes. Uh, at ringside after this happens tosses her into the ring Jake appears with a snake and i have written here lays his dick upon brandy uh which is what this is the symbolism they were going for also in the position in with Jake laid his snake the fact that brandy was knocked out this is all bad uh in a in a good way uh ho- i mean hopefully brandy is is okay with how this all played out cuz it's 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 good heat uh, the the only issue is where the hell is her husband? Uh, why wasn't he already kind of anticipating these assholes would try something uh, quickly? Jr. and Excalibur uh, quell these concerns as we learn that it's a golf cart ride away from the uh, where you perform and uh, backstage. So Cody is is halfway across the uh, the goddamn stadium here, and he he could not make it in time. Jr. says the symbolism of this is so distasteful. He, laid, he kept repositioning the snake. Eventually he stood up and then it was just a girl laying there unconscious with a giant snake on top of her. But prior to that, this was fine. This was good. Good heat. Uh, There's a few weeks to go until we get to the Double or Nothing. So sure, uh, at Double or Nothing we are told we will see Cody versus Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. We will see a casino ladder match. We will see MJF versus Jungle Boy. And we will see John Moxley versus Brody Lee too soon for Brody Lee obviously uh this could just be a DQ finish uh which is not something the AEW does but you can see there being shenanigans here uh instead of Brody like there's no way Brody Lee wins right not uh, whatever it seems like going to this this quickly putting the leader of the dark order in a match with the champion unless they have a really intelligent way to spin out of him losing that match, uh, that still gives credibility to him and the dark order. It makes the dark order like the biggest jobber group. Like we, like, are we meant to take them as a threat or are they supposed to be tongue in cheek? Ridiculous is the question I have for AEW. And I don't know the answer. Uh, I've seen these guys beat down, uh, the elite. I've seen them beat down SCU, which so be it. Um, where do these guys rank? At what level threat am I supposed to believe them? Uh, Taz is with Darby Allen backstage. uh, Says, hey man, how does it feel to pin yourself? I'm going to offer you some professional to professional help. Darby doesn't want this and storms off. And that's about all we see from Darby Allen this week. Next week, Brody Lee Versus Chris Daniels. MJF back from injury in action. Jurassic Express versus Best Friends. Count me in. Interview with Lance Archer and Jake the Snake. And a four-way ladies match. We got Hikaru Shida, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander. Chris Jericho will also be in singles action next week. So check it out. The main event. Fuck yeah. Chris Jericho, The Inner Circle. Uh, which consists at this point of Jake Hagar and Sammy Guevara. Uh, Chris Jericho is carrying a inner circle branded bat. Uh, p- p- fucking pineapple. P takes a shot at Chris Jericho at ringside here. Um, JR shouts out Joe uh, Penad Penad Oh boy. I wrote this and then I wrote it over Pena. Pena. Pendicino. Pendicino. Joe Pendicino. Uh, yes. Tony Schiavone is taken aback by this. Uh, as JR puts, puts over uh, this host of America, uh, Atlanta based, uh, superstars of wrestling, big deal. Uh, Tony loves this. Uh, they they both get a kick out of uh, mentioning wrestlers and promotions and people who mean a lot to the industry in which they have dedicated their lives uh, and being able to actually say those names without having someone in a headset tell them to shut the fuck up. Uh, and that's the other thing I should mention. If you listen to Jr. on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast. Uh, there there are a couple nuggets of information like Jr. saying like I've heard Tony through the headset four times in my entire history at AEW, and it's usually just to share information in terms of this date or this person or this location, um, and that's great. Obviously, it shows like what these announcers are even capable of. Just call what you're seeing, man. Put people over. Anyway. It's a street fight, so we get street fight variant costumes. Both Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara here are wearing, like, a denim knee pad. Uh, street fight variant costume, available now, 5 DLC. Download now. Uh, here comes the pumpkin-headed dipshit Kenny Omega. Uh, Matt Hardy arrives in the ring and immediately bites Sammy to start the match. That's how the match, this is his first act... In an actual sanctioned AEW match, he bites Sammy Guevara. It's a street fight, so we can go wherever the hell we want and do whatever the hell we want. JR misnomers uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega going at each other here as Winnipegians. Winnipeggers is uh, our our preferred nomenclature. Please, Winnipeggers. Mr. Winnipegers, my father. Uh, Chris Jericho will fight Pineapple Pete next week in singles action. Sure, that sounds fun. Chris Jericho tosses Matt Hardy into the tunnel lights, uh, and that's the last we see of of this incarnation of Matt Hardy. Uh, chop Kenny Omega in the corner to death. They do the La sex gods pose. You got to give the people what they want. Matt Hardy returns as Vintage Matt Hardy. Uh, so if he started as Broken Matt Hardy. This is more classic WWE Matt Hardy doing all of those moves. I'm I'm okay with this uh, Presto Changeo gimmick. One, uh, two, near fall, uh, we get Sammy Guevara breaking up uh, Matt Hardy's pin on Chris Jericho. Kenny Omega with a snap dragon on Sammy. Uh, JR chimes in here to say, we miss the Young Bucks, Hangman Page. They've decided to do what's best for them. They are they are not performing right now uh, by choice. They are staying out until this all blows over, and that's fine. And they've found a way to march forth without those guys, even though it would be so nice to have them back, as well as the whole tag division. Yeah. Uh, Death Triangle, uh, you know, Santana Ortiz, etc. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega bring out the table and ladder. It's time to get crazy. The two men manhandle Sammy Guevara. Matt Hardy uh, jumps through the table from a ladder. Looks great. Good camera angle on this. Uh, Jake Hagar pulls uh, out the ref to break up the pin, however. A commercial break. uh, break. Hagar, Hardy, Chris Jericho, Kenny, they all brawl outside the ring. They battle into the quote-unquote crowd into the stands. Uh, who the fuck gave Sean Spears an air horn as he continues to blast it here even closer to the cameras and microphones? So it's extra loud. Thanks, buddy. Uh, they fight backstage or into the concession area, which is all closed. Hagar and... Uh, Hagar? Yeah, Hagar, right? Like Mayor Hagar from Final Fight? Uh, Chris Jericho put Matt Hardy into an icebox. box. And that's the end of that version of Matt Hardy. Kenny with a garbage can comes flying off the screen. Uh, smokes uh, Sammy. Uh, Sammy then blindsides Kenny with a can of his own. There's families and kids watching. Producers. I don't know. There's, a, there's an ever-growing crowd of people during this uh, part. They're wearing masks, but they are doing anything but social distancing. They've all been tested, presumably, according to JR, earlier in the episode. Kenny running powerbomb into uh, a door, uh, like closed metal door. V-trigger on Hagar. Chris Jericho uh, slides, of course, the greatest weapon of all, a wheeled cart uh, into him. Chris Jericho suplexes Kenny onto uh, a a piled barricade. What am I mean? Okay, so like the barricades by ringside, those like metal barricades, the like Madison Square Garden ones. Uh, Chris Jericho suplexes Kenny on this fucking thing. Uh, Chris Jericho giggles as he wears a giant pylon. You've probably seen the gif, I'm sure. Uh, Omega smashes uh, a wet floor sign over him. Pretty great. Damascus version Matt Hardy emerges from the ice tre- chest. Uh, Hardy clips Chris Jericho with a golf cart as he speeds down the backstage. He and Omega, now in the golf cart, U turn and come back to murder Sammy Guevara. When I say murder Sammy Guevara, I mean that this golf cart's going what is probably full speed for this golf cart. Sammy Guevara is running and running and running. He turns, he looks. He completely turns to face his his fate. He takes the wickedest bump off the side of this fucking thing. Sammy Guevara, you're, you're excellent. I hope you are not injured uh, at all. Maybe a sore elbow would be acceptable for how good you made this look. Congratulations, sir. So they murder Sammy Guevara with the golf cart. We have a table. We have a scissor lift. Uh, Jesus Christ! So we we have Kenny who has ascended to the top of a scissor lift. Hagar saves Chris Jericho from the scissor lift, scissor lift, as it were. Kenny moonsaults onto everyone, including Matt Hardy, uh, Santana and Ortiz appear. Hey, with the save, uh, the Inner Circle now it has the numbers advantage. Of course, they they already did. Now they extra have the uh, the numbers advantage. Do the Shield power bomb on Matt Hardy. Chris Jericho uh, does an assisted power bomb. Uh, they pass up Kenny Omega to him so he can uh, power bomb him on the top of the golf cart. Judas effect one two three. Kenny uh, Kenny is pinned by Chris Jericho. Ortiz yells the best. The inner circle flips off the camera. Good night. And uh, on the fight TV after the feed gave out, there was like silence and black for like five seconds, and then someone just yelled "you fucking" and then it went off the air, uh, which really added something to it. Just the one F-bomb at the end. Uh, it was great. That was a great AEW. Dynamite. Loved it. Uh, loved the live. Love seeing some, some faces uh, cycled in and out. Uh, more people. There was a bit of an energy to it. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, these guys have been off for how many weeks? Uh, watching from home, waiting to entertain us again. So, much appreciated. Please be safe. Uh, don't do it just because you can. Do it because it's safe to do it. Anyways. Speaking about things that are safe to do as in watch the big show show season one episode five this is available on netflix if you have a netflix subscription and apparently 167 million of you do uh we have terry and big show in the gym terry is of course big show's friend who also maybe runs a gym or works in a gym or is just at the gym a lot he's played by jaleel white who you might know as urkel Big Show has revealed to Terry from the cold open that I reviewed last week uh, that Lola is dating, and the guy's name is Greg Turbo. Terry tells him that that's fantastic, and they can't go over the name. Big Show, who is over the name... uh, Well, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll get there. Anyway, uh, Terry tells him that he needs to exercise his dominance. He's got three daughters. They're all going to be dating. There's going to be boyfriends running all over his uh, house for the rest of his life. Uh, Big Show is a terrible spotter as Terry struggles to lift a... Uh, uh, big thing of weights uh helps him out and that's that's that scene that's it that's and that's say goodbye to Terry everyone because that's the last we see of Terry this episode Cassie and JJ Cassie has lost her job because she's a lying bitch she didn't tell some people looking to place an uh, offer on a haunted house that the previous tenant had died been murdered I think it was just died uh, which isn't that, if they've been murdered, then I can see why you may have lied and not told them. But if someone simply died, I don't see what the issue is there. And it's also the law, so uh, it's not a matter of, F, of, of what I feel is right. It's ethically, uh, and legally, you have to tell them this, I believe. Anyway, Cassie doesn't have a job. She's going nuts. Uh, she's driving everybody crazy. Uh, she's trying to make the hamster, JJ's hamster, uh, Instagram famous, making collages of uh, photoshopped pictures of the hamster. Uh, JJ says after her mom storms out the room, she picked the wrong week to stop drinking Capri Sun. Good uh, good joke. Uh, Mandy's hair is fucked up by her mom. That was the next scene. Uh, that's the only note I have on it. That Cassie is going so bananas. Uh, the, Mandy's feeling it too. Lola finds Big Show with the WWE Championship belt blocking the door to their house. Greg is coming over. Big Show's there, looking tough. He's gonna set this. Uh, he's gonna, you know, put the fear of God in this Greg Turbo. Big Show threatens Greg. Rips a phone book in half, which was a good, uh, good gag. Greg is a huge fan. He loves the Big Show. Puts over the choke slam as the best finisher of all time. I don't know Greg Turbo, but I suppose if I met the Big Show, I could, I could. F- put over the chokeslam uh invites a big show to the escape room as a double date has canceled uh apparently the double date canceled because the other couple broke up because one member of that couple didn't like lizzo uh that's what kids are breaking up 15 year olds are breaking up over lizzo's great um you know but you know people can have their own taste in music but if it's like if you like to party Or uh, you like to get down to Lizzo and your significant other is like, oh, can we not? Then, you know, I get it. Uh, So they invite the Big Show in their place. Uh, Greg and Big Show are getting along fine. Big Show is all smiles. Greg is loving it. Uh, Asks the Big Show if he has a giant car, to which the Big Show says, of course I do. Cassie is making squirves. Uh, Something I'm to understand is from Queer Eye. It's a Scandinavian shoe shelf. Shoe Tower. Uh, Mandy sits her down uh, and says, "Hey, you're, uh, you're you've lost your mind." Uh, she, she, her, and JJ decide uh, it's time to to fix this situation, and they seem to imply at this point they are going to kidnap or kill the hamster. That's it. That's that scene. All right, uh, we go to the escape room. I uh, rather enjoyed this scene because it uh, had two of the things I like, which is a bit actor. Uh, who nails it, and also the big show destroying things. Uh, we have a, a employee here of the escape room who's super fucking over working at an escape room, but is forced to dress as a pirate uh, and explain the escape room to them. I like that. That's a good joke. And then she's also in the room the whole time with them, uh, looking really bored uh, and scrolling on her phone, which is a good joke. Sometimes this show has good jokes. They're just mixed in with a bunch of nothing. Uh, entertainment, I guess you would call it. Big Show lifts Greg to the ceiling uh, to to solve a, a puzzle here. Immediately, uh, Big Show and Greg hitting it off. Lola is peeved uh, at how gr- uh, starstruck uh, when Greg is. They're out of time, and Big Show destroys the door with seconds left. Uh, the attendant uh, says this is the 7th of this week. There are too many wrestlers in Tampa. Good, li- good little inside joke there. Just imagine all the wrestlers going to the escape room, and when time is almost out, they lose their minds and destroy the property instead of uh, playing along with the game. That's fine. Um, That's good. The hamster is missing. uh, Back at the Big Show house. The big house. The hamster is missing and Cassie is in tears. Uh, So that plan didn't work. She runs out of the room. Big Show, who is there now. Uh, A lot of Big Show in the side stories here. And that's the way to do it. That's what I've been asking for. So thank you. Big Show asks his kids what the fuck happened here. Uh, They explain the plot to kidnap the hamster, to hide the hamster. Uh, Without the hamster to focus on, Cassie would presumably move on to hard drugs? I don't know. Well, I do know. uh, And that's coming up later. Greg and Lola sing a lame rap about math together in a Disney Channel-esque way. They nearly kiss at the end, Uh, but Big Show, ever the cock blocker, storms in and gives Greg a shirt with his own face on it. Not Greg's face, the Big Show's face. They've really hit it off. Lola is clearly uh, upset about this. After Big Show exits the scene, Lola again goes to kiss with Greg, who is now wearing a shirt of her father, and apparently that ruins the mood. We get Lola, we get JJ, and we get Mandy. Uh, Lola explains how their dad is stealing her boyfriend. Cassie has lost her mind. She's on the roof playing guitar, looking homeless. JJ has a plan. Big Show has plans with Greg. (laughs) Lola learns they've been texting. Uh, This is, it sounds, it might sound creepy, uh, but it's not. It's played very wholesomely on the show. Uh, the situation is, uh, they, you know, they turned it on their head that what if the dad trying to put the fear of God in the, in the, in the, the, there is kind of a element of the son I never had going on here. Uh, they don't, do not get into, uh, at all. I don't know if the big show has a son in real life. Uh, this is his fake family. I don't know if they represent his real family. I have no idea. I haven't looked into it. I don't honestly care. As far as I know, this is big shows family. All these actors with different names than his. So they have plans. They've been texting. Lola thinks uh, that she has to break up with Greg. Uh, because she can't, she will never know if she truly has friends f- feelings for Greg. If her dad is constantly b- uh, busting in on the plans. including Including these ones to go to the batting cages. So Lola's out. JJ is online. And she is pretending to be the big show. To catfish a celebrity. That's all you need to know about that scene. Big Show comes home late. It's dark out. Uh, And they rarely make it dark out in this show. Big Show comes home and it's late. And he was on a date with Greg. This is maybe the most fucked up this this gets. uh, That he's trying to sneak inside the house after seeing Lola's boyfriend at the batting cages. Lola's like, oh, WTF, Dad. You have to break up with my boyfriend. The next day, Big Show breaks up with Greg. Uh, That's that's it. It happens off screen. Tant France... Tan France, Tan France, who is from Queer Eye? I believe he is the grooming or fashion one. He's one of those two. No, no, he's he's the fashion one. He's the clothes guy, right? The grooming one's the one with the long hair, whose name isn't Tan France, and whose name I don't know. He arrives. Uh, Netflix. Hey, can you do us a favor? You're a Netflix and he's a Netflix. Can you go be on the Netflix for us, please? Thank you, Tan France. Cassie emerges uh, from the roof uh, looking full-on homeless and uh, as I have written here, the gays go to work. Mom is made over uh, mentally and physically. She's feeling great. Uh, Tan France and his crew leave. Uh, Big Show and the girls present her uh, with a bench ad. They have gotten Cassie a ad, uh, a real estate ad where she can just go into business for herself. Well, she doesn't need to look for a job. She can just keep doing the job she has now. Uh, and the, the bench is revealed to say, Cassie sells Cassie with two S's that are dollar signs and a Y. I've been spelling Cassie with an I-E like a crazy person. Uh, who knew it was Cassie with a Y? Uh, sells uh, with, a, with a Z.com. Uh, she's got crazy eyes in the picture and that's all wrong. Asks the big show to rip the bench. ...out of the sidewalk... uh, ...like public property... Uh, ...Big Show... ...obliges... uh, ...and nobody bats an eye at him... ...committing this vandalism. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, So the cold open for episode 6... ...shows us Cassie... ...has been knocking on doors in the neighborhood... ...asking people if they want to sell their homes... ...presumably. Uh, The Big Show is getting ready to go on a WWE cruise... ...which as far as I know does not exist. Cassie is still trying to sell the haunted house... ...which is a little confusing... I would think the haunted house, that listing would default back, uh, unless they gave it to her, it would default back to the real estate company she was fired from, but she still got it. We're not done with that haunted house set. Her and Big Show's anniversary is coming up. Big Show's daughters surprise him uh, with noisemakers, crackers, something explodes as they open the door. The Big Show is so surprised he breaks the door off the hinge, and that was the end of the cold open. And at that point, I didn't have to watch any more of the Big Show show, so I hit pause. It was fine. Uh, One of the better episodes of the Big Show show, if I'm completely honest. They're just kind of there in a way that, like, the Full House, Fuller House, uh, and uh, other things, they don't really stick with you. There's a couple clever things throughout. Not a whole lot of laughs. Anytime the Big Show is destroying something is great, and there should be more of it. I can't believe there isn't more of it. Uh, Terry's good. There should, there should be more Terry. There's only so much you can cram in. I feel like the show, uh, focusing mostly on the family in a home improvement kind of way, where all the sons would usually have a B-plot, is focusing on the, the girls here, and they are not interesting. Uh, or at least the story is being told or not. And that's my feelings on the big show so far, at episode five. I don't know how many episodes there are. How long will I be tormented? Total Bellas. Speaking of torment. Uh, season 5, episode 6 on E! Network. Tonight. Is Nikki pregnant? Is she in a nightclub fight with Artem? Let's find out. Things are left very vague on the uh, tonights. Uh, so... Even when I just read you after I've watched the episode now. Those two things are out of order. Uh, they're at a record store, Nikki and Brie are. there are shopping. Uh, they lament how they have forgotten Spanish. Now... Uh, These two girls grew up partially in Mexico. They have a father whose first language is Spanish. Uh, And at one time in their life, they knew Spanish. But they never moved out of Los Angeles, Phoenix. Uh, They now own multiple businesses. Bree, especially, runs three different businesses in California where the majority of people must speak Spanish as a first language at this point. If not, it's getting very close. Uh, but to not only have forgotten Spanish, but also be part Mexican and need Spanish, you would be able to use Spanish every day where they live is very strange, uh, especially given their their choice of work, businesswomen, uh, that they had, had known and forgotten Spanish is a little... Anyway, this is the theme of the episode is they, the Bell Twins want to get reacquainted with their Spanish heritage, including relearning Spanish. Taken over. Taken over the world. Phoenix, Arizona. Winston is eating paper. Winston is a French bulldog. The last remaining living French bulldog. R.I.P. Anyway. Uh, B- B- Bree and Nikki looking to embrace their Mexicanness. I have written here. Bree thinks JJ needs to also reconnect with their father, their estranged dad, and reconnect with his Mexicanness. Bree labeling things with Spanish words uh, around her house. At this point, my wife was gracious enough to give me a haircut. Uh, So my notes are going to get a little wild uh, from here on out, but we have a scene with Nikki and Artem eating gelato uh, to show that they are happy uh, before the rest of the episode happens. Uh, Nikki encourages Artem to push his ass against the window uh, to flash the window washer, who is literal inches from them as they eat gelato. Nikki's going to shove her tits against glass back in Phoenix. Alice, who is JJ's daughter, uh, is given a gift of a outfit from Bree. A little tension between JJ and Bree here still. Uh, she encourages JJ to go see their dad. JJ gets it but thinks she should slow down. Doesn't say this out loud, mind you. Uh, and it's also been kind of established since uh, JJ's interaction with Nikki uh, a couple episodes ago. Or last episode. We, we already know this plotline. Uh, back in LA, Artem's house, Nikki and Bree are pre-gaming. Uh, they are hosting... The Temptation Island premiere? Nikki is wearing her salsa dancing shoes, as at this point in the episode, she has plans to go on a date with Artem dancing after this event. This is where things get really fucked up. And uh, the order of events are a little confusing. Uh, There's a stinger before a commercial break here, which shows Artem entering this party. Let me just take a sippy before I get into this. Artem enters his party, seems to get jealous or pissed off at Nikki, storms out. And at this point, Artem was semi in the right, because Nikki is plastered. She is dead drunk, as is Bree. Bree has a little bit more of her wits about her, but Nikki is absolutely blasted. Uh, so she's talking on the cell with Artem, and we're hearing Artem play this back. This is after Artem has left. Now we're uh, we're acting as if Artem has not left, and he's explaining what happened. Uh, she is talking on the cell with Artem about uh, someone who's there, a guy at the party that she needs to bring with them to their date, and that Artem needs to cook for him or some bullshit. Uh, when Artem gets there, there is a friend... Uh, Named Lewis, he's a tall, handsome chunk of whatever. Nikki's semi-flirting with this guy, asking uh, him to dance with her, in a way. Uh, At this point, Artem, who's trying to get Nikki's attention. As far as Artem is concerned, and they don't cover this again after this point. As far as Artem is concerned, he is coming down to this party, and not even coming into the party. He was going to swing by, and Nikki was going to jump in, and they were going to go on their date which isn't brought up again. Instead, Nikki, uh, who's drunk on the se- on the cell phone, uh, talking to somebody else, encourages Artem to come into the party, at which point she basically ignores him as he tries to make himself uh, visible three times uh, as Nikki is is talking to another guy. Artem, at this point, uh, kind of assesses the situation, sees how drunk uh, Nikki and Brie are and leaves. Brie stops Artem, uh, all-star, five out of five stars, sister. Uh, Brie, move here. Not... Uh, No reference to Brie Mode in this episode at all. Brie Mode, of course, uh, in wrestling parlance, is when Brie fires up. She gets the added strength bonus buff. Uh, IRL, or at least in the reality show universe, Brie Mode is when Brie gets fucking drunk. She stops Artem uh, and convinces him to return to the party. While he and Brie sits there, Nikki's just dancing with seemingly a line of men, uh, taking their turns dancing with Nikki. Uh, Brie assures uh, him that Nikki is feeling embarrassed and is not uh, dancing with these guys out of anything other than appearances as she is hosting this party. And, and in the defense of, so there's, there's a, a few forces at work here. Uh, I think we're meant to believe that Artem is jealous that Nikki is dancing with other men when Artem is a dancer by trade Uh, and I find it very unrealistic that Artem would be able to, wouldn't be able to separate dancing, uh, that he and Nikki were planning to do that night with the Nikki, the dancing Nikki was doing. His problem was he thought he was picking this chick up and they were going to go on a nice date that he was looking forward to. Instead, she has not acknowledged his existence and is dead drunk dancing with other guys. Uh, the jealousy doesn't come into that. The the part where he th- wanted her to be of sound mind to enjoy a date doesn't want to be completely sober with the drunkest Nikki I've ever seen on these reality shows and go on a date. So Team Artem at this point uh, and it's already been established, uh, not really a sexist thing, but Daniel Brian Brian Danielson as it were and Artem seem to be the most level headed and Bree sometimes too. Uh, Bree can go either way. Bree's very stubborn. Uh, but usually sees, sees the light on uh, situations like this, as she does here. She tries to keep Artem at the party. Artem leaves again, and this time Nikki runs out after him, as does Brie. I have written here everyone drunk, unintelligible. Nikki steadies herself on a nearby pillar. Brie reads, uh, pleads, sorry, uh, <laughs> Nikki to listen to what Artem is trying to tell her. Bri- Nikki is way too drunk uh, to reason with here. She's getting in Artem's face, she is saying mean things. Uh, she's saying, what did I do wrong? Playing again on the idea, never mentioning that their date is basically ruined at this point. Nikki had gotten so drunk that that was out of the question. And that is why Artem was upset. Nikki is thinking that Artem's upset she was dancing with other guys. Artem had never said that. Uh, did Artem overreact by leaving the first time around? He was really upset. He knew he wouldn't be able to talk to Nikki, that nothing would... Uh, come out of that. And it, it, by his own words, he said, when people feel that way, all they're going to say are things to hurt the other person. And that's not how he goes about it, relationships. So I'm trying to fucking say here, Team Artem, as Nikki keeps shouting in his face, what did I do wrong? And not letting him get a word in. Artem gives up again uh, and says to Bree, pretty frankly, that he had never seen this side of Nikki before. And didn't care for it. Nikki is in a car. She has been sent home. On her way to see Artem by Brie. Again, Brie, 5 out of 5 stars. uh, Good sister here. Artem doesn't want uh, to go on a date with a barely walking Nikki. The next day, uh, Nikki, again, uh, here in a car, hungover, uh, driving with Brie to a meeting, calls Artem jealous. Brie is ecstatic that the honeymoon phase is over and that uh, Nikki and Artem have had a real serious fight. Nikki said some mean things and texted Artem. Nikki apparently was sending diatribes to Artem all night long. Artem not responding. Nikki just hitting him with awful, heinous, toxic shit. They do not go into here. They just allude to. Nikki says she accidentally got drunk. And listen, it happens. uh, But you got belligerently drunk. And you hurt your man's feelings. And uh, I don't think he was in the wrong. He just wanted to get out of that situation Uh, You broke his heart that night. They had plans to go on a date. And uh, you did the opposite, uh, which is get so drunk that that date was now off the table. And not only that, you are not acknowledging him, dancing with other guys, and then getting in his face about it, asking why he's jealous, when that is far from the truth as to why he's upset. Nikki, you're in the wrong here. Straight up. They're hungover at the meeting. It's a Birdie Bee meeting. Uh, Nikki's sucking on some Pedialyte. And I go to my last page of notes. And I smile. Nikki awaits Artem at his house. It's time to talk. Uh, She was hosting. She was talking to a guy. And you take off. What's the deal, Artem? That's how it went down. Why are you such a jackass? Artem agrees that that's exactly what happened. Uh, But there's more to it than that. That wasn't what uh, sent him off. That wasn't the catalyst. Uh, Artem was completely sober. Nikki was not present by Artem. Artem chooses his words very carefully. But also uses words... Therefore, uh, that are very definitive, uh, the things Artem says, uh, I like him as a character on this uh, character or person, whatever you want to call someone on a reality show. Uh, I like what he's got, and he's he's not unlike Cena. Like, Cena's nuts uh, in a lot of ways. But when it comes to situations, Cena was almost robotic in handling them, like a, like a man robot, which is like, this is how you feel, this is how I feel, and this is how we're going to resolve it. Artem's got a little more nuance to him than that. Commercial break, and then Nikki uh, comes back to say she broke up with Artem five times last night. Said a lot of mean things, but it turns out they're all good and they make up. Uh, So they do love each other. And uh, ultimately they're able to get over it. Nikki apologizes for getting accidentally drunk, which is truly uh, the thing Artem uh, seemed most... It seemed like they didn't want to, as the girls run a winery... Uh, and do get drunk. Like, it's there's a lot of cases in these reality shows where we see the Bella Twins drunk. It seemed like they never wanted to draw attention to the idea of Nikki. Uh, Nikki is, as far as we know, not an alcoholic. There's nothing to back that up at all. She got accidentally drunk at a cool party, and it fucking happens. Um, but she just needs to own up to how drunk she got and uh, what that meant for the rest of her plans that night. And it seems Artem is willing to accept the shitty uh, apology that uh, Nikki musters here. And that's good. So they're over. It's time to go to the tamale shop in Phoenix in an attempt to get even more Mexican. Uh, Mama, Bree, Nikki, and their uh, sister-in-law, whose name escapes me, J.J.'s wife, uh, struggle to make tamales uh, in front of these women that are trying to get 5,000 of these things out the door a day. They talk about J.J. and his unwillingness uh, to reconnect with his Mexicanness ness And uh, the overbearing Brie, who uh, likes to shove things down people's throats a little too much. We cut to Nikki and Mama at lunch. Nikki is feeling pregnant. That's it. She's, fe- she's two weeks late. She's got cravings. She uh, reveals this when she orders a boozy beverage. And then goes, ooh, maybe I should... Like, uh, a second hesitation. But you ordered the drink. It's not the, I got poured wine at a wedding... And I'm going to pretend to drink it, Rachel Green. Uh, this is the I ordered a boozy drink, and and I had a, he- a second hesitation before drinking it. Uh, if you're two weeks pregnant and had one drink, that's fine. If you uh, went on a bender at a Temptation Island premiere, that might be bad news for your baby. But the the time in these episodes is uh, hard to tell how much time takes place between all these events. Maybe they uh, some their first make up sex. And Artem knocked her up. Maybe that's what happened. Anyways, Phoenix, Brie, JJ, and the kids go for ice cream. Brie accidentally puts hot sauce on a banana. I've written here, I am more Mexican than Brie. Uh, and I truly believe that. <laughs> Mama Bella brings a pregnancy test. Nikki refuses to take it. Uh, Brie on video call says, I won't adopt your baby like I did your dog, which is a sick burn. Uh, on Nikki Winston, uh, was originally Nikki and Cena's dog, uh, but because of Nikki's jet-setting lifestyle, uh, that dog eventually defaulted back to, to Brian Danielson and Bree. Next week, it's Halloween, Daniel Bryan is mad, and are Artem and Nikki pregnant? Don't miss it. This episode really went really long, I took two detailed notes. Uh, thank you all for joining me, as I continue to struggle through a solo podcast, uh, just trying to get cut my chops on doing so if you want to interact with the uh, show at all please do send me topics send me questions i'd love to cover them at tits iceberg on twitter is where you reach us uh lee at titsiceberg.com will get you right into my personal email address and of course you can comment uh anywhere you see this posted be it on social media or Podbean, which is where we host our podcast thank you all for joining me today if you haven't already go back and listen to the public beta podcast from two days ago friday me and reed talking all about skyrim here in 2020 why not buckle up Streets 3 Rage 4 and some other things we've been playing so check that out we'll be back with that show on Friday Public Beta Podcast for more from the world of pro wrestling please join me again next Sunday as I review the latest AEW Dynamite The Big Show Show and Total Bellas until then take care of yourselves this is the Sultans of Fire! and welcome to-